Sometimes we, we just go through circumstances of difficulty and we leave it for someone else to take care of. And the Bible says for us to be the peacemakers. And we need the wisdom of the Lord to navigate the relationships around us and, and to become the voice of the Lord in the earth and to, to show the love of Jesus in the earth. We need, we need the voice of the Lord in our life and we need the wisdom of God that comes from that counselor that he is to us. And so the Lord is our wonderful counselor. And I challenge you this morning to not forget that if he cares about the farmer getting his seed right in the row, then he cares about you getting your stuff right. He cares about you navigating your circumstances and your situation. If you are today in a place of brokenness, it matters to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The, the Isaiah said in, in verse 29, I'm going to read this again. This also comes from the Lord of hosts who is wonderful in counsel and excellent in guidance. I can't tell you the times in my life and, and I suspect that with an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, I'm not done yet praying about how to navigate in the lives of my children. But the many times that my wife and I have come to the end of ourselves, how do we best navigate the challenges that this child is facing or the difficulty that is coming around the corner in the life of one of our children? And we've gone to the Lord and we've heard the Holy Spirit speak. He speaks expressly, the Bible says. The Holy Spirit speaks with clarity. I've never had the Holy Spirit speak something to me and me had to say, now I need to figure this out. If, if the Holy Spirit speaks, if you, if you receive something from the Spirit of the Lord that causes you to be in a place of confusion, uh, it's the wrong Lord. <laughs> wrong Spirit. Because my Bible says that the Holy Spirit speaks expressly. He gives a clear and certain sound and he tells us how to proceed. You need to have the confidence in the Lord that he is your wonderful counselor. And I just challenge you to take this promise into the year ahead of you. I want to read a passage for you that I believe that this is what the apostle was speaking of in Ephesians chapter 1 and first verse 16 when he began to speak to the church in Ephesus and he said, I, I thank God for you. I don't cease to give, we're, we're in verse 16, I don't cease to give thanks for you ever. I'm making mention of you in my prayers continually that the God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I've discovered that it is the purpose of God that you as believers would live your life in the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Let's not so overly spiritualize the things of God that we can't bring them into present-day reality and present-day challenges and make application of them in our life. What good is an experience with God that cannot be given practical application? 
So when the apostle says to the uh, believers at Ephesus, I'm praying that he give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that he's saying, what I'm praying is that continually through your life would flow the wisdom of God at the level of revelation understanding that you would continually have aha moments in God. Oh, that's what I should do about this. Listen, you ought to be having those kinds of Moments in God continually when you're facing challenges in your life. How many of us, I've kind of somewhat grown out of this over the years. It's taken me a long time to get to the place that when, when, I, was, when I would face a challenge, I would go to this person and that person and, and find persons that I respect and go to them and ask them and, and hash through the, the circumstances until I discovered that a lot of people do that and they'll go from person to person until they get the person that tells them what they want to hear. Yeah. Particularly as it relates to relationships that we should or shouldn't be in. Should I stay on that one for a while? But we'll go and we'll seek counsel until we receive the answer that we want to hear. And the reality of it is, quite often, the answer that the Holy Spirit gives me is not particularly what I wanted to hear. Let's just be mature about it. Quite often, the response that the Lord brings us whenever we go to Him in prayer and whenever we reach to Him for wisdom and counsel and understanding because the Scripture teaches us that our wisdom is the wisdom of men. So we should expect that occasionally we're going to get a different answer than the one we want to hear. But the apostle was so committed to this that he said, I'm praying that there is continually in your life the flow of wisdom and revelation. God wants to give you His wisdom. He wants you to be able to live out of it. To be overcomers in the challenges of your life. So now I'm to the point, hopefully I can say this, and I might have to check this in a couple of weeks. Now that Usually when I say something and I'm teaching, then I have to live it out again. I have to experience it afterwards. But I've learned to go... And to run to the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me about this. And quite often when I hear from the Lord, then I'll take what I've heard from the Lord and I'll go to men of wisdom and counsel and say, this is what I believe I've heard from the Lord and let them affirm that I'm hearing from God. But I'm learning to go to him first because he is our wonderful counselor. The wonderful thing about going to God first is when He speaks, then when you go to someone else and they say, well, I wouldn't do that. Immediately, kind of the hair on the back of your neck stands up and you're going, okay, I heard this and I heard this and I think, <clears throat> I think I'll go with what God said. Because you have a spirit, the Holy Spirit deposit in you is there to help you discern. And whenever someone gives you an answer that's contrary to the purposes and the plans of God and to the wisdom of God, you should, you should develop in a place of maturity that you know it immediately. Not, we're not all there yet, and I can't say I'm there completely. I wish I listened every time. Oh, I wish I listened every time. All of those things in my life that, that fall in the category of would have, should have, could have, 
Those are all wish I would have listened the first time experiences. We learn from them, we grow from them, and the Lord puts them behind us. Don't live in them. Don't live in those places, right? So James says in James chapter 1 and verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, is there anybody here? You don't have to raise your hand. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally. Liberal. He gives wisdom liberally. How many of how many of you love to be liberal in your giving to others and in your giving to God? It is the delight of the Lord to give liberally. That means, I say this continually, and I'm going to say this again, I'm sure repeatedly, the Lord is not hiding from you. He's not hiding his wisdom from you. He's not hiding his purposes from you. He's not trying to uh, stay over here in a shroud so you can figure it out. He's not hiding from you. He gives liberally wisdom and understanding and counsel to a hearing ear. And he says, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger's voice they won't hear. They won't li- this doesn't mean that you don't hear the stranger talking. One time when Josiah was a little boy, uh, they, they said, uh, Josiah, do, do you hear voices? And Josiah said, yes. Because when he's on the playground, he hears other kids playing and he hears their voices. So in his mind, he said, yes. And they're like, oh, we better check this out a little further. <laughs> we realized, yes, when people are talking, I can hear them talking. My wife said, would you ask him the question in a way that he can understand it? Do you hear voices when no one's there? No. Do you? Ask the, question, ask the child a question in a way the child can understand it, right? And he's like, no, I don't hear voices unless someone's talking to me. God's not hiding from you. I was like, where am I going with this? God's not hiding from you. He's not trying to get you to figure him out. He will stand a distance away for you to hunger for him. He will put you in a position to cause your hunger and your desire to be turned toward him. But he's not running from you. He's not hiding from you. He's not holding secrets from you. The things that are hidden in God are there for your discovery. They're not hidden from you. They're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. Everything that is hidden in God is hidden for you, not from you. Go get it. It's wisdom. So he says he gives to all men liberally and withholds nothing. Withholds nothing. Proverbs 4, 5 through 9 says, In all of your getting, get wisdom and get understanding. I thought as I was processing through these scriptures and thinking about our time together this morning, I I know there's going to be that one person in the room, maybe more, who would think, yeah, but, you know, when I, I talk to God and I, I try to pray and I, I, don't, I don't hear his voice or, or he doesn't... I, an individual who's listening to the whisper of the enemy that would cause him to think that God does not want to talk to you. Anybody ever feel that way? I have. I felt that way. I was wrong. I have felt like... I've had times where I felt like God didn't want to speak to me. I was wrong. 
Because his word makes it clear that he does. But this is what Deuteronomy 31 and 6 says. This is the promise that was given to them. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or terrified because of your enemy. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. So Jesus said to uh, his followers uh, uh, at, the, at the time that he was about to, be, uh, to ascend to the Father and to be seated in that uh, heavenly place that, that at the right hand of God that Leroy sang about, uh, that, that we are seated together with him in those heavenly places. And uh, so when Jesus was saying, it's necessary for you, it is to your benefit that I do this. Because if I go, I'll send the Comforter and he will be with you. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said, he will be in you. So when the Lord says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, when the word says, I will never leave you, the Holy Spirit who comes to dwell in you does not leave you. I've met so many people over the years, particularly in ministry, who felt that they had so disappointed the Lord that he just simply didn't have time or the desire to be with them or to, to continue to work with them and walk with them. And I want to tell you that I've read the Word and I have not found that anywhere in the Word. I've not found anywhere in the promises of God that God would say, I'm done with you. If he's done with you, then the cross, the manger, all of this stuff that we've talked about and sang about and and, uh, rehearsed in our mind today was for nothing. If it wasn't enough for him to not be done with you, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I will give you counsel and wisdom, direction and guidance for your life continually. This is the promise of the Lord for you today.